Welcome to another episode of Soul Feeling. I'm Tiffany. I'm Jasmine. And I'm Kobe. We have a special guest on today, Aricia, owner of Essentially True. She is a certified V STEAM practitioner. And so we're about to answer all of your vagina question needs because Lord knows we need to know the truth because there are so many myths out here and it's time to get all of our JJs right. So before we get started, <laughs> how do y'all want to acknowledge the vagina? What word do we want to use? Because I use a lot of different ones. <laughs> I feel like we should use different ones, whatever feels organic. <laughs> okay, cool. Okay, then I might switch it up throughout. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking I'm going to pro- probably do. Uh, That's so, what I do every day. I just call it all of the names. <laughs> exactly. Whatever the personality is at the time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sometimes she a little classy. Sometimes she a little ratchet. So <laughs> you speak in my language. <laughs> Maricia, can you tell us a little bit more about who you are in your company? Because I've used your products and it kept me right. Well, thank you, girl. So, um, I am, like she said, uh, Yoni Steam Practitioner. So, pretty much what that means is that I help ladies all day with their vaginas. Like, I use herbs, and I use, like, uh, my natural feminine care line, Essentially True, to help ladies have pretty much a happy Yoni. And for me, a happy Yoni is one that, first of all, that you are pleased with, meaning that you are pleased with the way it looks, the way it smells and that you understand the overall uh, uh, reason for your reproductive system. I know a lot of times we like to use just Mm. the word vagina, but um, it's more than just your vagina. And that's actually not the part you see on the outside. That's the internal tunnel inside your body. So we don't even see our vaginas, but that's just what we call it. So Mm. overall, that's just what I'm here. I'm here to educate. I'm here to help with uh, pH imbalances. I'm here to help with anything like fertility, endometriosis. and just really just to make sure that you are happy inside your body wow (laughs) i even i didn't even know you were gonna you were gonna go even deep as into um, talking about endometriosis infertility and things of that nature that's amazing i didn't know that (laughs) i mean (laughs) that's a connection but i don't know i really like care about that kind of stuff that's why i I yeah, because um, like a lot of ladies, I mean, like when you talk to as many women as I do, you see that they, it's so common. It used to be something that was happening maybe like every now and then, but now it's like you have whole entire like Instagram, Facebook pages committed to like imbalances like infertility and endo and all these other things because so many women are going through these things. And what I have found is that with uh, vaginal semen, you can actually alleviate in reverse any of these things that are going on inside your womb without surgery. All it just takes is commitment and and believing that it can actually change for you. Yes, definitely that mental aspect is super key. I've actually never had a V-Steam. Have you girls? Never, no. I've wanted to, but I've never. 
Oh my gosh. I'm telling you, it's the I best. I know. After I was <laughs> researching and doing everything, I was like, I definitely want to do this. Yes. So can you talk about what bee steaming actually is? Because I think there's a, like, a lot of misconceptions out there currently. Okay. So bee steaming, the basic concept of it is that you are using herbs and water. So think about like you're making a tea, you're boiling your water, and then you're adding herbs to it to steep for like five to 10 minutes. And then like the next step is that you want to sit over this warm mixture and allow the steam to like hit your vulva and to get inside of the vaginal canal. And it can also go as far as getting into the uterus. So you're sitting over this um, like warm steam for about 15 to 30 minutes. So if you ever like steamed your face, it's kind of what it feels like, but just in your vaginal area. And it's really relaxing. Um, like, especially the first time, it's like, it's a, a new level of clean feeling. Like, it's like, you know, you're already clean because you took the shower, but it's like something is happening. The herbs are also cleansing and you just feel like you have a new vagina. Honestly, that's just how it feels. Like it's like a rebirth of your female reproductive system. <laughs> oh my God. I love that. I want to. Yeah. Feel- so, it is really good. And then like, sleeping it helps with sleep so much you feel so relaxed and the other thing that a lot of ladies notice almost immediately is the vaginal toning so like if you are in a relationship like your man will tell you something happened different then he gonna be like what happened so you don't even have to tell them they just they just feel it they know that something went down down there That's so interesting. <laughs> yeah. So how is it different or more beneficial than um, like dushing and uh, other methods that, you know, we kind of hear about? So douching, you know, actually doctors used to tell you to do it. And they mm-hmm. now are telling women to stop doing that because oh. it just destroys like your vaginal flora. Because like douching usually has like some type of fragrance oil in it. And when you get fragrance oil inside your vagina, you just ask for a yeast infection or BV. So douching is actually like putting some sort of solution inside of your vagina. Whereas the steam is just lifting. It's like, like I said, like the hot water is just touching the outside, but it's also being absorbed because your vaginal area is very absorbent. And so it's being absorbed into the tissue and then into the bloodstream. And it's not actually changing the pH for the worse. It can actually help um, eliminate bacteria and reset your vaginal pH. So that's the difference. Like nothing per se. You just don't have like a waterfall going inside your vagina. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I've heard that. I heard that it's like, like now that douching is bad for you. So mm-hmm. I did want to ask because why is it important to go to a professional? to get bee steaming or can you bee steam by yourself? So you can, like, I mean, the basic setup is, is anybody can do at home. The difference between the two is that you have to know the herbs that you should be using because every herb or botanical has a different property. So you, you can usually get away with it if you don't have any particular issue that you're trying to address, but it, you just want to maybe have no period cramps. And that's really easy to do with vaginal steaming. But say you have something a little bit more intense, 
um, and you need more help, then you're going to need someone that understands the relationship with herbs. And then mm-hmm. sometimes, like, I think it's because we think more means better. Like some, when I, you know, when I was looking, some people have 45 minute uh, vaginal steam sessions. That's just like entirely too long. That can lead to like cramping and headaches and, you know, adverse uh, effects that you didn't expect because they're charging a fee and most people don't want to sit there for 15 minutes because they're like, well, what did I come in here for 15 minutes for? I could have did this at home. So that's why you want, you want to have somebody that's gone through some type of training to understand and to explain to you why we want to start off with just 15 or 20 minutes as opposed to letting you sit there for an hour because some people do want to sit for an hour just because it feels that relaxing. Mm-hmm. I can see it now just on a movie and <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's I have so done it in my life like my friend one of my good friends will pull in the chair like because I have like the little steaming stools and we will watch a movie for like a, at least one show together and we'd be like oh okay well we should get up and we're just looking at each other and we're like yeah let's get up (laughs) (laughs) so how often should someone get their get a bee steam so if you just want to try it then you know just do it the one time if you want to help with uh like your period symptoms like say you have a long period or a painful because you have like a lot of cramping or clotting or something like that then I say do it every week so you'll pretty much be doing it three times out of the month because one of those weeks you're going to be menstruating you don't want to at least see why you're actually bleeding so I say for the most part um once a week whatever day you choose make it your little self-care day um and like I said those, uh, there are times that you can do it like almost up to every day depending on what it is like if you have scar tissue or if you have some type of infertility that I might subscribe that you do it like every day or every other day for a certain amount of time but for most ladies just that weekly session will do fine that's not bad safe for pregnant women no you shouldn't be doing it while you're pregnant (laughs) if you're trying to get pregnant then do it before but not during pregnancy and like I think I said not during bleeding and not if you have like some type of infection that is causing you to have like a burning sensation or something like that, mm-hmm. because then that would probably make you feel worse. Got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's so, but if you do have like something like a yeast infection or bacteria vaginosis, that's okay. Yeah. So you just have to go with like, instead of doing it like for a long time, you probably want to do it for like five to 10 minutes because sometimes what can happen if you introduce too much heat, it can make it your the infection feel worse than what it needs to be. So you just want to do it long enough to allow the antibacterial properties of the herbs to enter into the body and then get you set. So that's it. Okay. Mm. Wow. So let's talk about home remedies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'm a home remedy queen, but I don't know. If you supposed to be doing this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I did some of them too, so let me know which one. <laughs> so, I don't know if you heard of this, but just to put my business out there, in the past, I, I have had um, like reoccurring yeast infections, and at the time, I didn't know what they were. I, I was young, and I was mm-hmm. really, I, I just didn't know until I was older, um, until, and I went to a doctor, and I was like, oh, okay. 
it's crazy because I almost thought it was normal um, until I stopped. <laughs> it was mad. But um, so <laughs> looking up home remedies, I've seen that using garlic, mm-hmm. yogurt, and I've done this, apple cider vinegar, bath, coconut oil. What are your thoughts? I think any of those can probably help if you catch it soon enough. But for mm-hmm. most of the time, women, like it's like already on day four or five and they are trying these remedies. So I do know like if you have a yeast mm-hmm. infection, and you try the apple cider vinegar bath, it's pretty good because what's happening there is that the pH of the vagina has been elevated and because apple cider vinegar is acidic, it can help reduce the pH, which would combat the um, bacteria that are there. And plus it's like soothing to the, to the vulva area, like where your lips and stuff are. So it can be really soothing. Um, and it also the yogurt can kind of help like as far as the soothing effects to apply it there and just rinse it. I don't know, the, the garlic, I didn't really have success with that when I had tried it. So besides smelling like garlic. <laughs> <laughs> and what was the other one? Uh, coconut oil. I don't know about the coconut oil. I mean, the coconut oil does have antibacterial. It's good for lube or whatever, but I don't know about that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I would just say you try it if it's like the first day and see if it doesn't work or you're still itching, then it probably ain't going to work. <laughs> But they are just to eat those, so just eat them. <laughs> well, there you go. That's an alternative. That might help. <laughs> because you're actually like your reproductive system and your digestive system are like connected. So you need mm-hmm. to, um, I mean, like, yeah, I can help you vaginal steam, but if you're still going to have the same problem if your diet is horrible or if you don't drink water or, you know, you do any number of things. It's like you can't just. Like you can't spot train, you can't spot heal. You, your body is one circular uh, machine and it works off mm-hmm. what you give it. So yeah, I can help you, but you need to keep it up with your daily habits and your eating habits and exercise and all that other stuff. Yeah, I definitely believe that. I could definitely tell a difference in my vagina <laughs> or older by what I eat. It's kind of mm-hmm. weird. I always, when I'm... Um, like bathing and like taking a shower <laughs> I always like have to do a good what am I smelling like you know just in case because you know you don't you know I just want to smell good and I'm always like oh yes when, when it's like it don't smell like nothing I'm like okay we're doing something right but when I start eating bad I'm like mm, this, mm. especially when I'm drinking water I'm like oh yes. a little yeah, Drinking water, that's when you get that ammonia smell and that chlorine smell. And I'm like, mm, okay, let me go get a bottle right now. <laughs> yes. yes. Definitely got to do the smell checks based on your eating habits. It is a huge difference. It really is. But that's, but that's, but one thing I did want to, since we're talking about water and we're talking about the pH of our vagina, um, and we know right now that a lot of people are going toward like the more alkaline water. And when you think about our, our pH of our vagina is supposed to be more on the acidic side. Can mm-hmm. the balance of, I guess, overconsume not balance, but overconsuming too much alkaline water could that alter the the ph in your vaginal area 
So the way I think about alkali, y'all don't beat me up if y'all drink it though. So your body already has this alkalizing type system built in. So if you think about it, you're eating your food, it's going into your stomach, and it's, your stomach is acidic, right? That's where it breaks down the food. And then I believe during the process, is it the gall? No, not the gallbladder, but um, not the pancreas. I, I can't remember, but I'm going to find it. But the fluid from your stomach just can't go directly into your intestine because if it does, it's going to you know, burn a hole in your intestine. So the, your body neutralizes the acid in your, in your um, digestive system anyway. So even if you were to drink alkaline water, once it gets into your stomach, it's going to be acidic, then it's going to be alkaline so that it can continue the digestive process. So to me, I just think, you know, drinking good spring water would be just as good a benefit as something that is alkaline. Because I think to make it alkaline, they have to add salt to it, mm. if I'm mm. to um, reduce the pH of, or no, increase the pH of the... Uh, of the water right wow that's that's yeah no 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 that's good that you said that because i never thought about that and at one point i was super advocate for drinking alkaline everything and they were advertising um an alkaline shower head and uh -huh. funny story i would bathe with this shower head and like tiffany was saying she was getting yeast infections i was getting a yeast infection and literally I would go to the doctor, take a bath. The next day, I would have another yeast infection. I'm like, okay, what is happening here? <laughs> and what I realized was it was the alkaline shower head that was causing mm -hmm. the yeast infection because it was it was messing up the pH of my vagina. So I'm like, okay, all these advertisements were go alkaline this, alkaline yeah. that. And it was really messing me up. It really, and then I think the, the, the acid mantle of your body is like five anyway. So you're putting like eight when it needs to be five. And so that's probably doing something else too. Um, so yeah, some stuff is gimmicky. Like if you, and, but some stuff is, you know, beneficial, but just like, if you know, we drink, I mean, eat citrus foods and stuff, we all know those are acidic, but we still know that they're healthy. And the reason why we can continue to eat them is because of the natural alkalizing um, system it built into our body. So, but what it comes in is like when you're putting all that junk food, then, you know, your body has to do all that, that detoxing and stuff. So I say, yeah, do it. I mean, if you like the alkaline water, I don't see anything wrong with it, but um, I think spring water is just as great too. That's what I like to drink though. <laughs> That's what I do. So what should the pH balance of our uh, vagina be and how do we test it or know if it's off? Um, so the normal range of pH or the healthy range of pH is like 3.8 to 4.5. Mm -hmm. And you can test it like with, I wonder if I got home. There's like these little, hold on, let me see. Yes. <laughs> yes. I don't want to get all scientifical and stuff. <laughs> there are these little um, personalized pH testers that you can use. Yes. And pretty much what you do they have these color indicators on here so like a, and then like these smiley faces it's so when you're here which is like the yellow is good and when you get over here where it's more green it gives you that sad face so you take <laughs> the, the pa and you take a little sterilized swab and you swab your vaginal fluid you add it to this little um uh tester strip 
and then it's going to change color or it will pretty much stay the same because it's already kind of yellow and that's the one way that you can do if you want to get like really science sciencey with it the other way is like just by knowing like your natural ph i mean like what you smell like when you, everything is good and what your uh vaginal secretions look like and um also looking like it's texture because we know like if you have yeast infection it's like all clumpy if you have bv it's real watery and gray um so that's really it the good um the the good indicator is just what you look what your ph or what your vaginal fluid and your scent smells like when it's healthy and when it deviates from that then you'd be like wait something happened but don't get like really like obsessed because I think that's what happens. Like pe women, we get obsessed and we be like, oh, no. oh, wait, what happened? What is this? What is that? Yeah. <laughs> so because your vaginal fluid changes throughout the month because of your fertility cycle, mm -hmm. and you'll see some changes there. But so as long as you are, you know, aware of your body, then you should know this is normal and this might be a little something going on right there. Mm -hmm. I love that. Y'all remember that challenge in? maybe y'all don't but y'all remember this weird challenge where that people were like taking pictures of their um panties like the inside of their panties talking about oh i'm good because they didn't have discharge no <laughs> oh, okay maybe it wasn't a challenge but i saw that people talk i didn't see the actual challenge but i saw people like making fun of the challenge so anyway wow. so like we're like posting their panties like oh I, I ain't got nothing like my vagina is good because there was no discharge and I think it's very important for women to know like all discharge is not made equally mm -hmm. do you mind um kind of discussing the different types of dis discharge and what they can basically like relate to so um so what healthy kind of discharge looks like is gonna be pretty much clear to cloudy for the most part. And I know a lot of women have like whitish discharge. That, and I know that, I know it's like the white and and what I understand to learn means that there is dampness. And what dampness means is like you have excess fluids inside of your body. And that can come from diet, that can come from having too much heat like not enough circulation things of that sort so something that is going to be pretty much clear to probably like a little cloudy would be considered healthy vaginal fluid um so and then the things that are not so healthy is when they change colors like if they're yellow and green those usually are some type of std type infection um if you have pink discharge that can mean like that you have some type of spotting like injury inside the the uterus and that blood is mixing with the vaginal fluid and then um you know the clumpiness is the yeast infection and the gray is kind of like a bv those are the most common ones that you would probably see and um sometimes you know women don't have as much discharge in some times of the month compared to others like especially after your um after ovulation that you may not have that much discharge if any before your period starts and um i think that's it those will pretty much be what what you can look out for and you just have to know what your cycle looks like what your fertility cycle looks like and pay attention to um 
to your to your normal discharge so you can tell when something is off mm-hmm. that's interesting uh i know a person i ain't gonna put their business out there <laughs> that uh, <laughs> that like has this very watery discharge so much that they have to like continually wear a a pad and mm-hmm. um they went to the doctor <laughs> i'm laughing because y'all was like why you know this person's business like that but um <laughs> They went to the doctor and they were just saying like, um, I forgot it could be like something like polyps. Have you heard of that? Polyps. Mm -hmm. Um, And thinking that's like flushing out. I don't know. But would bee steaming help something like that? Yeah. So what a polyp is, is kind of like a fluid filled sac inside of the uterus. And um, bee steaming can help with the draining of that because the heat causes of the steam causes um, the drainage to come in. So it increases your circulation, helps like kind of like for it to drain through the vaginal canal. So yeah, mm-hmm. like after a, free, a few steams, that could probably be taken care of. Sometimes after one, like people see a big difference. So it just depends mm-hmm. on how your body responds to it. Well, I'm gonna tell that person because the doctor was trying to recommend a whole hysterectomy, and I was like, "Oh hell no, nah, don't do it!" <laughs> oh my god, I'm serious. I'm like, why you always the this? first thing. I'm that like, really oh my gosh! I so we put something with them. I ain't gonna lie. Okay, so <laughs> man, it's when something in it for them. I side eyed them so. <clears throat> now nah, we taking this person out because y'all ain't got our best. <laughs> in my at all, at all. like that's not even that serious i mean okay. it's really like i mean not to downplay it but it's really not like life threatening where she would need to go through a major surgery for something like a polyp but anyway let her know that she can yeah. help with that <laughs> and, wow and that just brings me to my next question with how important it is to do your research when you are you know, going to the doctor for their, I mean, regular exams and checkups. And let's say the doctor does find something that's irregular and, you know, us just not being experienced and us, you know, trusting our doctors, how important is it for us to, you know, go and do some thorough research, go do some homework, find other knowledgeable people like yourself to, you know, get a fact check, a second opinion when going through things. Because like you said, I never personally had heard of polyps, but, you know, if I hear my physician telling me that, you know, thinking it's this major thing, they may act and, you know, go into something Mm -hmm. that is major surgery. Mm -hmm. So what advice would you give to women as we're going to our physicians and our you know, primary care doctors? Um, so one thing I think I would tell you is that doctors are practicing, y'all. <laughs> That's why they call it a practice. Mm-hmm. And if you think and so if you think about somebody who is being paid to practice on you, then you don't feel as scared. And like yes, they have the knowledge, but every day something new comes about and something, mm-hmm. some new research comes up. They can't stay abreast of everything. And um, and then they just get into the cycle of doing the same thing with every woman. And so you are not individualized in your care. So the first thing I want, I would tell them to do is realize that you are paying your doctor. So get what you need from your doctor, not the other way around. I mean, they're not paying you to come see them. And so talk to them 
And if they're not listening to your concern or they're not answering whatever questions you have, then that's not going to be the doctor for you because you, you're going into it blind. And I would ask for like, well, what are my other options? I know you're saying like a hysterectomy is, um, is your recommendation, but that seems kind of extreme. What is something else that I can do? Like, cause it used to be doctors would give you like, um, like uh, dietary changes that you can make, exercises and stuff like that. But I don't hear people saying that as much, you know, ask them what are the other alternatives. And if they're saying that this is the one and only way, then I will go find someone else to talk to, not someone inside the same office building, but a different doctor to see what they would say. Cause you know, doctors are friends too. They talk to each other. And then, um, I mean, of course there's always, there's always, um, YouTube and stuff like that, but when you are in this mode of kind of being scared, too many opinions can cause you to freeze. So step back and think about what do you want to happen. So write down like, what is my ultimate goal? Do I want to keep my uterus? Am I okay with having surgery? And then you just take it from there. So you know, realize that you are in control. Ask for alternatives, and then you know, make a game plan for what it is that you actually want to happen with your healthcare. That's good, that's good. And I love that you said ask for alternatives because I just recently, um, you know, I don't wanna put nobody in business out there. Okay, <laughs> I'm <almost laughs> smooth, I'm getting comfortable. Okay, but so a friend of mine just recently went to the doctor and the doctor found something that was abnormal. And like you said, she went about asking, you know, what are some alternatives? But the doctor was then just like, okay, um, just, just continue your daily lifestyle and come back in six months and then we're gonna basically run mm -hmm. new tests. And so I'm like, that was not helpful at all. Like continue your normal lifestyle. And so I just really, the point I want us to really understand is our lifestyle can, keeping the same lifestyle is what led us into this situation. So mm -hmm. if someone tells you just keep doing what you were already doing, that's probably not the solution. It's so, not. Once, <laughs> yeah, it's once that, you go oh. back, it's probably going to be worse than what it was. And then you're going to be like, okay, we can do it. I see it keep getting bad. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now it's worse. And now they're like, oh yeah, you really need the surgery. So, mm -hmm. That's I'm like I feel like that's like a trap. Mm -hmm. it is. So you just really have to take control of it and don't feel intimidated by the doctor. And if they really if they get like if they get an attitude about you asking questions, they want the ones that you need to be with anyway. Because doctors in the they're supposed to be there to help. And I tell my clients, I say if you really need to talk to your doctor about something, when you make your appointment, tell them you need extra time. And then when they try and dip out, be like, well, no, I scheduled 15 extra minutes with you so I can ask these questions. So that's what I would do. And if you know of something and you say, well, doctor, you know, what about this? And they're like, oh, they don't know anything about it or they're brushing it off. Then I mean, honestly, you just have to find a doctor that's ready to work with you on the way that you want to be treated. I totally agree. Like you just can't like, and don't feel rushed to make a decision about certain things, especially when it comes to your health. So I feel like surgery should be the last resort. Like even with my dog, like the veterinarian was trying to, you know, out to, to do surgery. And I was like, no, nah, I was reading online about this issue. You know, while y'all were in the, um, while y'all had her back there, like I'm in the lobby 
looking up, you know, some alternatives and they were like, it was like, give the dog some milk or something. And it was some other options. Give the dog some rice. And they were like, no, 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 whatever you do, do not give her milk. But okay, you can do the rice. You can put some rice in her food and, you know, that will help. So it's like, you have to, you know, just be open and um, communicate what some of those options are or go get a second opinion. Mm-hmm. And really, you have to go in there advocating for yourself because mm-hmm. if doctors are just used for people, uh, for people accepting what they say so if you don't give another option or suggest another option then they're not because I have a friend right now who who the doctor keeps calling her for a hysterectomy she was like I done told them I'm not ready for that <laughs> and so she I think she had she was having you know she's older than me so she's closer 50-ish or so close to it and so they want her to have like a hysterectomy because they're like, oh, this could lead to cancer. I was like, how can having the body parts that you were born with, leaving them in your body can lead to cancer? I said, it doesn't even make sense. Anywho, long story <laughs> short, <laughs> I got her in here to do a VC. And she was like, this is the most regular that she has been ever in her life. And mm. I think she's done, she did a total of like three of them. And she also uh, took some herbs. Like I made her, um, some tea to drink and she's like dang my my period comes like clockwork now and i've never had that in ever in my life and she was complaining about some other symptoms as well but that was just the thing is like the doctor was like really pushing her to go get this hysterectomy and she didn't need it she's actually fine now (laughs) that is crazy and this the crazy part is nothing was even wrong with her they were saying this could lead to something Mm -hmm. being wrong Mm -hmm. so Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Like, I'm really glad that you hit on a few of those points because when you said they're there to practice, because that's true. They're really just trying to figure it out. And like, we're all so very different. Like, all of our bodies are so different that a lot of times they just want to throw one thing at you the whole time. Let's just take the whole uterus out because of one simple thing. It doesn't make any sense. It's like, let's work. For them, I guess that's weird. But um, but also just like I've been in doctor's office office where I felt so rushed and I had like a list of things and they just like brushed me off. But when you said like we're paying them, literally my check, a part of my check goes to my health insurance every month. And mm-hmm. I think if we can get that through our heads, like we are paying you to do this and we shouldn't feel rushed. We f- shouldn't feel like our concerns aren't valid because they are no one knows our body like we know our body so we know when something's off exactly and we ain't paying them no pennies either so they need to listen to us <laughs> listen for real it's like i don't i don't understand but i've been that way because i'm always trying to not step on anyone's toes so i'm like oh i'm sorry i'm asking so many questions but i ain't gonna do that no more i'm gonna be like look <laughs> this is what i need <laughs> So, yep, and schedule that extra time in your thing. Be like, you know, can you put extra time in there? Because I've come with a list of questions. And um, and I, I forget how you make a complaint against the doctor. It usually works like if they're a part of like some type of group. But I mean, like if you need to, like you're just like, look, I've been trying to talk to them about this and they've been not, you know, being receptive. So, but yeah, I mean, doctors have complaints too. I mean, Dang. Be a Karen. I hate to say that, but be a Karen when it comes to your life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Black women need to be, well, I don't want to say Karen's, but like when it comes to queen. their health. Yes. I'm, hey, I'm going to write like, a real nasty note. I'm going to be a Quisha. There you go. Be a Quisha. I, 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 I know. I still got a few more questions I got on the list. Right. Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> in here for 30 minutes you can give me five more minutes okay <laughs> right <laughs> this is um this is like meme not a meme like like well i guess let's call it a meme but it's saying like i guess it's like a tweet that says like if a doctor um if like you ask for a test and the doctor doesn't do it um mm-hmm. to have them write that they refuse to give you this test and a lot of times you'll see a change happen i was like and people were responding like, oh, I actually tried that and it worked because like a lot of times, even one time I asked to see if like, if I could get a, um, to see if I had a yeast infection. Cause I was like, something's not right. And they're like, oh, you don't really need to get a test for that. But I'm like, well, how am I supposed to know? Mm-hmm. And so, nothing really happened there. I was just let it go. But now I'll be like, uh, can I get that in writing, please? <laughs> My name is Keisha. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because why not and then a lot of times what they were saying is the doctor would be like oh no we'll give you the test we'll give you the test like yeah because mm-hmm. i asked for it because so. if it ever comes back that something happens along the line and you didn't give that to them then and then they'll be liable for it so they would pre- prefer to prevent the liability up front and i mean it's not like they're paying for it you're paying for it so what's the difference what is the difference mm-hmm. so i don't know if y'all had any more questions about doctors but you y'all know how we feel about black women and just how we be treated everywhere but also you know the there's statistics that back it up on how we're treated in these doctors offices um how have you been treated so far kobe um she pregnant she's about to be a mommy how's <laughs> how's the process been Ah, sorry. It has been amazing. Um, I definitely did a lot of research before I picked my doctor, but I end up going with someone that um, she's a black woman and um, my aunt gave birth to my uh, niece or my son, I'm sorry, my little cousin um, with this doctor. So like I said, but with any doctor that I do or I even recommend to other people or help find my, like my grandfather, we're trying to find a cardi- uh, cardiologist for my little brother, trying to find him a primary care provider. We always do our research. We look up their um, reviews and just really just research. That's it. That's the best thing I can tell you. Yeah, that's important. Um, I could go on a tangent about health care. Here. But anyways, let's really back into some <laughs> vagina talk. Let's talk about fact or myth. Our vaginas can be loose or tight, depending on how active we are. Um, honestly, <laughs> I, I don't know. And I'm going to be 100% honest. The, the the truth that goes out there is that all vaginas are uh, will snap back into place after, you know, some, some activity. 
but based on what I see with these women who, you know, because I haven't had sex for a long time, y'all. So even as much as I've been seen, I can't, you know, I can't, I can't give a testimony to that. And so when they say, oh, my husband, he was talking about, when can I do this again? Something happened in there. <laughs> something happened. So some type of tightening went on. So I'm not going to say you're going to, that, you know, from sexual activity, it's going to be like this. And, but I just think that the, um, that after a while, because women don't really exercise their vaginas, like they don't do Kegels, they don't, you know, they don't connect with it. They don't do, you know, the things to keep it healthy, that it, it does become a little lax. I think it does. But do I think like it just becomes so loose, it's not of any use? No. But I do think there are things that you can do to make sure that it's um, that it's it's tight. And I mean, a tight vagina is beneficial to a woman as well because the vagina doesn't have like a lot of nerve endings inside of it. So when what feels good to a woman is going to be like the pressure. And if your muscles are weak, then you end up having little to no sensation during penetration. So all of your you know, feel good receptors, nerves are going to be like in the front, the clitoral area, your labia, the entrance of your um, vagina. But when you start getting in the back part, ain't too much going on there. So once you um, learn how to Kegel and, you know, you get it tighter, then it feels, it feels more pleasurable. So that's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say true and false. <laughs> I love that you mentioned for the woman because um, a lot of people are always just trying to please a man and we need to be pleased too, okay? And mm -hmm. so, you know, and, you know, taking care of our vagina, we should, um, we should put ourselves first because men can mess up your vagina <laughs> because they have infections as well. Um, can you talk a little bit about that, about the misconception of like, men's hygiene or women's hygiene girl okay so before this became really popular i you know and women was like yeah you know men can mess you up i was telling women this in the dm and they was getting mad at me i'm telling you <laughs> i was like baby well if you was doing all of this and you're doing all that and then you have relations with your boo and then you come up with this it's your man it don't mean that he's cheating. It doesn't mean that he's done anything. It's just that your man is introducing bacteria from his penis into your vagina and it's not, it's not sitting right. Mm -hmm. So, um, so things that men can do to, to uh, prevent like infection inside women is one, you have to accept that you are affecting your woman's vagina. And a lot of men don't want to think like that they can cause any type of pH issue. They feel like if a woman is having continuous BV and yeast infections, that's her problem. But that's y'all vagina, honey. I mean, y'all both use it. Fact. Yes. <laughs> y'all is both using it. Yeah. So, um, so I'm need him to take responsibility for, for her vagina. And the other thing is your, the soap that they use, usually it's like some type of harsh Irish spring with a whole bunch of, you know, scent in it. Like, and so that scent is on the skin and it's being placed inside the vagina. And again, like fragrance is really bad for that. Um, and uh, also sperm. 
So sperm being ejaculated inside of the vagina can cause pH because the pH of sperm is close to six to seven. And like the pH of the vagina is like all the way down, like it's a four. So, you know, not ejaculating inside and also having clean hands, making sure that you have good oral hygiene. Um, and just simply like washing, because if y'all came in from work and, you know, his stuff been all compacted inside them, them boxers, you know, it's been sweating, all sorts of stuff going on down there. So, you know, wash it off first. <laughs> For real. For real. Washing hands, too. Washing yes, hands, your nails. I know I saw a video on your Instagram. I think back in February, you did a IG Live with a gentleman. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about just tips that um, men can do to prevent, you know, women from having infections. And that's one thing he mentioned, washing your hands, uh, nails. Even women, because women have those acrylic nails, like, you know, get under the nails and wash them before y'all just get into your your intimacy. And you know what really pissed me off about that? I'm going to be transparent and let y'all in my business. Is that I have been telling women that all, what, over a year, one little rag, but he not raggedy. He's actually really great. Let me take that back. He's really great. But here he come with this little two, three minute video and all the women's like, yes, King, yes. Oh my gosh. Yes, more men should know about this. I've been telling y'all. Y'all ain't been listening. I guess they needed that. It's like when our mama try to tell us something and then it's like the the person across the little neighbor across the street say the same thing and then it's like, oh, okay, now I get it. That's all. Uh Sometimes it just take it coming in a different package for us to get it. I was salty. I ain't even gonna lie. (laughs) Look, you should be. People been getting mad at you. They really have. Just like, well, I guess I just got to sit to live with driving. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> right, and it ain't nothing. Right, and it ain't nothing cute about it. Right. <laughs> ain't nothing cute about foreplay. You on the middle of ready, and then you like, oh, wait, you go wash your hands, and you know, rinse it off real quick. <laughs> Look, I remember telling, I remember telling a boyfriend, and this was before I was way, you know, before. Before I do what I knew, he went in the restroom, you know, to urinate, and then he gonna come out. I said, "Well, did you did you take care of that?" He was like, "Well, I shook it." I said, "Boy, if you don't get in there and go wash it." <laughs> Look, I will tell y'all this: my boyfriend, he and I've heard this from other guys too. They feel like their penis is more clean than their hands so that he will not wash his hands after he uses the restroom he, like and i've seen him do this he'll wash them before because he's like mm-hmm. really my hands are dirty right now and i'm about to go touch my clean penis that's been in my pants all day so he would wash it before then go use the restroom and leave and i'm like really okay okay i see the logic <laughs> and i've heard the same <laughs> like, thing really i don't, no. I don't know i'm like no mm-mm uh, I, I tried to talk to my brother. I was like, because I was just trying to, because really what I was trying to do was help women through men. And mm-hmm. so I was talking to him about, you know, a line of men's uh, hygiene products. And he was like, nah, men don't need that. I said, why they don't? All we need is soap. 
I said, no, y'all need a little bit more than soap because, you know, y'all, y'all causing some issues. Man, no, you know, y'all with me. Y'all the one that got the opening down there. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was like, okay. Oh, I tried to explain it to him a little bit, but he was like, no, nah, no, nah, man, don't need that. <laughs> That's crazy. Wow. But even like on an even more serious note, you know, men have to really be careful. Oh, all people, but... I'm just going to talk about men. I love y'all, but, but like, y- even like going off, if like, if you're cheating on your girl and you're not even using a condom and you're bringing that back to your, your lady, you could give uh-huh. her things like syphilis and herpes and all these different STIs that can also, um, cause infertility, infer- infertility for that woman. Uh-huh. And so I don't think that like, um, men really be thinking you know mm-hmm. sometimes like or women be thinking sometimes but like when you're when we're talking about s- sexual activity and you're not using condoms or you're not being safe and you're you know think about what you could bring to that other person because it could have it, it might be bigger than an sti it could be right that can really mess mess them up mm-hmm. um like um hpv and and things of that nature which can cause cervical cancer you know so you know you know it's hygiene and it's just also just being responsible with your punani and your penis <laughs> you know <laughs> pretty much oh and that's the other thing like you know how like women continue to get yeast infections like yeast is not something that's just in the vagina it's all over the body so it could be in the mouth mm-hmm. it could be on his skin so it can seriously just be that he has excess yeast, like especially he does like a lot of meat and a lot of beer, a lot of bread. He can be like a little yeast factory over there. And then, you know, he's touching you with his mouth or with his penis. And then he's introducing that yeast into your, into your uh, vagina. So we have to understand that they play a big part in it. They just don't exhibit the, the um, signs of it as easily as we do. So, because we have like more of that mucous membrane where theirs is, you know, just skin. So it's not a, a lot that that happens. And so, yeah, I mean, it's something as simple as a yeast infection. It could be from your partner. Ah, that's that's good to know. So can they just, uh, if they are a yeast factory, <laughs> if they, does it help for them to clean it off? Or is that something they have to actually like, eat better or take medication for yeah they pretty much need to i mean usually it's not a medication unless they have like so sometimes they'll say it burns when they pee or something like that or if they'll notice like discharge from the um, head of the penis that's usually when they get um uh, medication but they can just simply change their diet and that will help a lot more like stop drinking so much stop um you know eat even more fruits and vegetables like just like the way our body works their body works the, the same way with that and if you if you're gonna be with a man that's not gonna take care of his body to help you then Ooh. you should be with him <laughs> you talking that talk for real so i have another fact or myth <laughs> pineapples does it really make you taste better or him to taste better. <laughs> Actually, it can. Like, I'm not gonna say if you've been eating Cheetos and and, and Mountain Dew all your life, you go eat a pineapple, it's gonna change. 
but honestly, like if you, cause you are what you eat, like, and so if you eat like a lot of like asparagus or, or garlic, it smells like that. So if you can get in like a smoothie or something 30 minutes before and drink some water, then it can, it can help. I definitely believe that. <laughs> and on that note, um, I just had questions about activities, you know, kind of mood, hormones, clothing, like all, like, I just want to know what really can affect like the vaginal health and what c- can make it be good or bad. Like, is it uh, one thing or is it just a, a mixture of everything? It's a mixture of everything. And I think some, so, okay, for instance, when we talk about people that have reoccurring yeast infections and BV, usually they have taken antibiotics more than once. And as we are antifungals too. So as we know, like those things pretty much wipe out all of your beneficial and harmful bacteria in your body. So once something is introduced back into your vagina, then you automatically get the infection again because you don't have any um, defenses against that. So that's why it's so easy for you to get yeast infections of BV. And then you go back and get the pill again and you're stuck in that cycle and then you kind of become that woman with the sensitive vagina because you just don't have any defenses against against it. So um, you, what you really need to do is like use like food therapy, which means like building, rebuilding the flora, healthy flora in your body. And um, that's that one part. So, but for the person that has good um, good defenses against bacteria. The things that you can do to prevent uh, imbalances, like if you exercise a lot, then or you know you have wet clothes and immediately get out of those into something dry. Of course, your feminine health products. Let me tell you, Summer Eve can mess your stuff up. I don't know what they put in there, but I know for myself. I don't know why I tried fem- uh, like Summer Eve at one time, mm-hmm. and every I was just like, I thought they said this was pH balance. <laughs> Yeah. So you need to know what you're uh, placing on your vulva. Mm-hmm. Um, also, staying away from scents like scented panty liners, scented pads, that type of stuff. And I would even suggest ladies stay away from tampons, even if they are organic, because you know you have your flow, which is coming down, but you're kind of stopping the flow with the tampon being inside. So kind of like a sink. You want everything to drain mm-hmm. and um, but if you do, I say try like a, a menstrual cup or something like that. And what else is there? Of course, there's the food and there's the water, drinking all those sodas or drinking, eating a lot of cakes. Like I know for myself, like around the holidays, if I have too much cake, I just know it's just a yeast infection waiting to happen. So all of that just really plays into um, a healthy vagina. So everything really. Oh, and too tight clothes. So let your vagina breathe at night, you know. Don't wear underwear, sleep naked. I, I think it's the best way anyway. <laughs> Love to let the thing breathe. I got these pants, these shorts. I just want to let it breathe. Right? Just wear the little loose shorts at home. Exactly. And then, um, and then when you are on your period, you need to have something like period care. I know like when we're on our period, we just want to continue our life as normal, but you really should take the time to slow down and take care of yourself, making sure you have like socks on, staying warm, uh, staying away from cold foods instead of drinking like teas or soups and finding a way, you know, to 
I guess just honor the, the cleanse that your body is going through. Don't try and do all the things that you were normally doing. Like if you exercise, try it instead of doing like your high intensity, just doing a walk or resting. Like people get tired during that period and they just want to be like, oh, well, I'm still going to do it. That's your body is losing blood. Then it's making more blood. I mean, that's a lot of work that's going on inside your body. And you really should take a nap. Like, and um, um, don't go to happy hour because you know, like, that you're bleeding. Like, use that time to rest and rejuvenate. So, you know, really just, I, that's what I'm trying to, like, help ladies understand is, like, your body is different from a man. You're not a man. You know, your your power lies in a different area. Like, they have strength. We have, like, we have slyness and we have like pretty words and coyness and being demure where they just like, they ram through stuff. We just like, well, maybe you should just try the key, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yes. uh, you know, it's just like that. your body is not the same. And even though we still have to go to work, maybe when you go to work, you just do the bare minimum to make sure that you're doing your job well and you go home. You don't, you know, do all that extra stuff. Yeah, that is true because I read that a while ago that that's supposed to be a time that we replenish ourselves and, you know, we just nurture ourselves back to, to, and I think it just predates way back into ancient times where they Mm -hmm. said, like, the, the lunar cycle is connected to the moon and we're just supposed to be, you know, connecting with ourselves and making sure. Mm -hmm. You know, and then that even studies show that, you know, that's when our bodies are most fragile and, um, for women that play sports, that's when we're more prone to like ACL tears and breaking bones and things like that because our bodies are working extremely hard internally to, mm-hmm. um, like you said, create new blood and, and you know, um, flush out the old blood. So, yeah. And so it actually made me want to go back. You were talking about foods that we should eat and how it, it seemed like everything keeps linking back to the diet and what we're putting into ourselves as far as our um, vaginal care and health. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, foods that are high in soy. And uh-huh. is that linked to like, of course, we know that soy um, produces estrogen in the body. So I was wondering, is there any link to um, foods that are high in soy to different um, estrogen disorders or estrogen diseases such as fibro- fibroids and um, can't think of any other ones, but just, you know, mm-hmm. diseases that are um, caused because of a high production of or imbalance of e- estrogen in the body? Yeah, I mean, I actually just pretty much I'm, I'm big on reading my um, my ingredients, and I think I was going to get something. I was going to try some type of faux meat, vegetarian meat, and when I saw, like, the first ingredient was soy, I was like, no, nah, I ain't going to try that one. <laughs> I'm not, so I found one that had pea protein, so I was like, I'm going to try that instead. But Let's yeah, talk about like, it. <laughs> yeah, like, a lot of um, diseases that happen in the womb are fed by sugar one and estrogen two. So that's how they get larger, especially like fibroids. That's what, that's the food that they need to survive. So I say, Mm -hmm. yeah, like, you know, if you're just having a little soy here and there, but if everything that you're eating, especially like if you think you're going plant-based and all your stuff is soy-based, you end up, you know, causing some type of havoc inside your body. And that's why I'm telling people like to read, don't just look at that big, bold letter on the front. 
you know, flip it over and see what's actually in there so that you can make an educated decision. If you don't know what's in there, it, either look it up or, or find another option, you know, that's in there. Right, right. No, that's so true because, and I love how you touched on if you're vegetarian or you think you're going plant-based, you think you automatically healthier, but mm -hmm. you know, when you are going to foods like tofu, which is completely just a slab of soy it tastes good but um no but but like you were saying we do have to be cognizant of the doing our own research and being aware of the foods that are actually and like i love how you worded it that soy-based foods are actually feeding the fibroids that's the mm -hmm. food that it needs to survive and so that's just real, really, really good to know because a lot of people especially that i know they're like um in my job they're like encouraging me they're like oh i thought you like plant-based and, and they'll offer me like tofu or something that's made out of you know to tofu or some type of soy and i'm just like no and then i try to go in the spill and i see that they're not there so i'm just like okay i have to really back in i can't have this conversation with you right now but i see that a lot a lot and i just really wanted us to be aware of that yeah like that's how i think that's how they get a lot of us like we know that plant-based is good but it's really when you're re eating like a real plant like i always say like i'm not i'm not a vegetarian i still eat meat i'm you know i can't be vegan because i like leather so no <laughs> so, so when i tell you know people get caught up oh i'm plant-based i'm gonna automatically be healthy i'm gonna be skinny i'm gonna be whatever but a lot of times it's just like junk plant-based stuff so just like I found out Oreos, like one of my favorite cookies is like plant-based, but I can't survive off that, you know? So it's the same thing. Like a lot of plant-based people are just eating freezer stuff. And if you really want to be plant-based, you should be eating like real plants. Right, <laughs> exactly. That's so true. And I'm glad you brought up sugar as well, because that's my problem. I love everything sugary, but people don't know that a lot of processed foods that only seem like sugars in it, there's a lot of sugar in it, like bread, mm -hmm. um, just a whole bunch of different things, and that can be what's messing you up as well. So I'm glad we're talking about that. Whole foods is the way to go. Like, right? not store, but literally eating whole, real <laughs> foods. Mm -hmm. Like, I tell everybody, you know, try to do whatever you're doing in moderation. Like, so if you want to try, like, that little frozen burrito thing then go ahead and do it like as long as that's not your staple meal just enjoy it and see if you like it because i think that's just part of living see if you like it first but also like train your your like your taste buds and your body to crave those other things more and it'll be easier i found that by myself i was like i remember i went through this like semi-cleanse type thing and i didn't even want like the fast food i was eating afterwards i was like where is the fruit at can I have a carrot? <laughs> for sure. You, your body gets used to eating that. Like, I made my dad a smoothie for <laughs> Father's Day, uh -huh. and um, he didn't see what was going into it. But when he came around the corner, like, he was like, oh, this is good. This is good. I'm like, yeah, okay, dad. And then he came around the corner, and he saw my coconut water. He's like, dang, I hate coconut water. It just tastes bland. I'm like, that's what was in your smoothie. So <laughs> that was like your face. I was like, I had to get used to it, too. He's like, okay. And I left that, uh, the rest of the coconut water for him so he could make his own. But yeah, you do get used to, you You start craving the, those things. And that's exciting. Mm, it is, especially when, when people don't know 
what they were eating. I think like one time I gave my daughter like one of those um, sausages. It was like the vegan one, but it's like apple something. I forget what it's called. And I had put some other vegetables and I had sauteed it. So it looked like sausage and whatever vegetable. She was like, oh, this is real good. The texture is a little off, but I like it. <laughs> That's so good. Earlier you were talking about the connectivity to your yoni. What mm-hmm. did you mean by that specifically? Um, because like when yoni doesn't just mean like your vagina, it, it like encompasses like your, your, um, the entire reproductive system. So that's like your uterus and your ovaries, all that good stuff that's in there. And, but then the thought is that your creative center is like inside of your womb space because that's where you create life physically, but it's also where you can create, um, um, like your ideas, your your plans, and it's also the space that usually women hold trauma as well. So, and some of that can just be like sexual trauma, or it could just be repressed feelings. So sometimes for some people, like if you have like a whole bunch of trash that, that ends up turning into a fibroid, that's like, you know, more or less like energy, like emotions and stuff that have been... Um, that have been collected so like you know if you get nervous and you, your stomach gets all queasy and stuff and then you feel like nauseated that's not anything that you ate that's just like your emotion that's causing that disruption in your body and that's the same way that that happens with your womb and so a lot of women are disconnected from the you know the energy the femininity that's connected to your um to your yoni so they just see it as i clean it use it for sex and i might have a few babies and that's it so but when you see that you're you're that you're more than just your physical that you're also the energy you're you're the spirit as well you know that's how you worship god like in and um and spirit so you can't negate that part of your your uh your body and to be able to connect with yourself wholly and to appreciate like what your body goes through every month Yes, I think that's one thing that women, we don't realize that just as we can get aroused and, you know, it gets wet down there, you know, stress, anxiety, all of that can affect your vagina, your vaginal health as well. Mm-hmm. And then like when women say, oh, I just don't feel like it, then mm-hmm. for men, it's just like, oh, sex? Okay. <laughs> for women, like it's very rare that a man is going to turn down sex even when he is stressed because that's just a, a more of a release for him because he's letting go. Whereas women, you know, the way that our bodies are, we're like the receptor. So depending on how, you know, how our partner makes us feel, like if they make us feel connected, if they make us feel um, secure, and if they help us through those things, like if we're going to work and we're having a stressful day and then they help us, um, I guess, process that stress, then we'll, we would be more in the, you know, in the mood to have sex compared to saying, oh, well, let me just rub your booty real quick. <laughs> that ain't <helping> <laughs> yes, that's fact. You've given them all the facts. Uh-huh. Facts. facts. Like, the real one-on-one guide to how to turn me <laughs> Okay, you better speak life into me. Exactly. Well, baby, you know you are the best, and they're lucky to have you here. And all while you're rubbing on her shoulder, stroking her head, going, baby, your hair looks so good today, and you know all of that stuff. And then you start talking about let me rub on your booty. Then it'll probably happen. Or let me go get you to eat. It's levels. Yes, let me get your wine. 
like all of that goes together. And then you know you were you were telling her you're making her feel better, you're making her feel safe, and then she can be you know better able to to service you because that's really what you want. You want to be serviced. <laughs> yeah. I love that. That's so many. That's so true. That is so true. And if you just think about the chakras, that whole making her feel safe, the root chakra will be then stimulated. Then you go work your way up into the sacral chakra. But um, I did want to go back to um, how you said that women, we could carry stress stress in our wound and not only just stress, but um, trauma. Mm -hmm. I was wondering, what are some tips and ways we could alleviate that stress or that or heal that trauma, like attack your head on, identify it? Like, what are some things we can do to, you know, energetically release that trauma? Um, so I'm going to tell you my thing that I noticed just with Yoni seeming, it's like, I was, you know, hung up on this dude, even though we hadn't been talking. I mean, we had stopped talking for maybe like a year, but you know, how like that little residual energy, like comes back and you're like, why the hell? Why? <laughs> and but then, so I was seeming and I remember after doing my session, I think like the fourth or fifth time, I was like, I don't even think about him no more. It was just like whatever had been attached to me at that time, it just kind of floated away with, with the scene. So, and then once I realized that, I started just telling other women, I was like, when they would come in for their session, I would just put it out there. I was like, look, if you know, if you have some type of stress, if you, whatever, whatever, you know, take that time, visualize your stress going up with the scene and, you know, tell me how you feel afterwards. And they were all come back and say, I feel so much better. Afterwards. Mm. So, be, so that coupled with, like you said, um, actually acknowledging that you have those stresses, those triggers, because I think that's the biggest thing, like, like just acknowledging, like people can't even say, okay, for one thing, I can admit when I get jealous, because I'm a business owner, and when I see other people out in the street killing it, I'm like, damn, I'm jealous. <laughs> But it's not like, um, I think, you know, jealousy is gets a bad rap, but I think jealousy and envy are two different things. Like envy is saying, well, I want to take from her. Jealousy in a way is not a, a productive feeling, but it is a feeling that pops up in me sometimes. But the more that I started to acknowledge that I have jealousy when things like that started to happen, and I didn't have those feelings of jealousy. I had more feelings of celebrating with that person because now I was like oh you know if she did that if he did that I know I can do that so keep going keep going and I'm gonna get I'm gonna get there with you so it was just that simple thing of acknowledging jealousy instead of suppressing it that I was able to let go of that type of feeling so if you have been like molested or you were raped and at the time you didn't want to say that you were raped for whatever reason or if you had some type of guilt around that you just need to really say that that happened mm -hmm. and then from there it's just like everything else opens for the healing wow that's so deep i can see how the the yoni steaming could really really just allow that certain type of traumas to uproot themselves because when you think about it it's basically herbs and every mm -hmm. herb have like a different property and maybe you could just talk about a couple of the properties of some of the different herbs and you could just talk about a few that of maybe some of the most popular ones or that you're most familiar with because mm -hmm. i know a lot of herbs like if you are just 
like I, I use sage a lot just to clear negative energy. But I was just thinking about on a on a bee sting um, mm-hmm. level how that could those same spiritual properties could you know um, uproot certain things on an energetic level. So like, how are some herbs and what are some of the things herbs can actually you know help us heal from? So um, okay, for instance, rose is really popular and. So that's one that's astringent. So it's kind of has like a tightening property. And so what that would help do is to like, and especially like if you had cut, kind of like it's a cleansing type thing. Then you have rosemary, which helps with circulation. And then um, a raspberry leaf, that one helps with toning and like strengthening. So actually raspberry leaf is really good as a tea. So if you could take it um, as a tea, it can help the same way, like strengthening the uterine muscles. There was another one. Um, oh, yarrow, because I was looking that up last night, is really good for strengthening as well, but it also helps with um, excess bleeding. And so if you have heavy periods, like drinking yarrow seeds can help with that. And it also is linked to um, increased fertility. And uh, um, it helps with kind of like regulating too. So what's that other one? Chaseberry is good. So I'll, like each tea can help with something different sometimes they have multiple prop not tea but herb and sometimes they have multiple properties to them so you can get more than one and then there's chamomile i know a lot of people like that because it's like a muscle relaxant and plus it smells good so i try and get ladies to like really inhale your um the steam as well because the nervous system is attached to your um your uh, what is that thing uh the nose receptors you know how like you're you're you, you can be connected mm-hmm. sense so like so, aromatherapy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah like aromatherapy that's a good way <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah so each each herb has something now as far as like the energetic properties i'm not too sure because i know like everything that we have has like an energy to it and yeah so I'm not too sure about those things, but I just think that the way that God made us is that everything has its own energy to it. And that's why I try and get people to realize that you, like even like when I tell people like about the way that you speak about your period or your, or your womb in general, like that, they hear it and it produces it. Like whatever you're saying about it, it you know, you get that result. And so since people are so used to negative results, they just keep saying it, not realizing that they're producing it. And if you would say it in the in the um in the reverse, then that's exactly what you can get as well, it, as long as you believe it. So you can't just be like mumbling it. It don't work like that. <laughs> that's so true. You know, we're huge on our affirmations, and what Jazz always says is, even if you don't believe it at first, just keep saying it, and one day you will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I did I've always Jazz do you remember me asking you how I remember one time we were on a trip and I asked you how do you clean your vagina because I was looking for videos and I just did not know like am I doing this right so now that we have an expert here can you please instruct us on how to thoroughly clean our vagina <laughs> in the process to use Oh, uh, where is my wash? I think my wash over there. <laughs> Baby, first of all, <laughs> get y'all some Yoni Fresh Feminine Wash. <laughs> and oh, so, okay. 
right? So, um, so the reason why, you know, of course this is mine, so I'm gonna say it's the best, but it is the best. And the reason this is, is because this is like a real soap. A lot of times what is in like the things that you get in the store is a surfactant. And the surfactant means like it just has cleaning. It's like just cleaning is usually like a, a petroleum or something like that. And that's why you feel so dry after you use it. But with this, it's like the old school way of making soap where you take lye and you put oil and it becomes more nourishing. And I don't know if people realize this. I didn't until I understood it. It's like the thing that you're trying to clean, you use it. So like, for instance, if you have oily skin, you can use oil to get rid of oily skin. And so in here is things like um, coconut oil, olive oil, neem oil, and like black seed oil, like all of those will help one with antibacterial, then it also helps with the cleansing property, but it doesn't leave you feeling dry like at all. And the thing is, is like you're not cleaning your vagina, you're cleaning what is your vulva. So again, you're like your vagina's inside your body. You don't put anything in there. Like it, even if you were to put this soap in there, it would cause you to have pH balance or imbalance. So you wanna clean like your labia, you wanna clean around your, your um your clitoral hood like this is where you apply your soap to and uh people say they like to use a towel but i just think that's kind of rough i just use my hands um you know just like i'm washing washing my hands i do you know get all in little crevices wash wash and rinse that's pretty much it and then you start from you know your vulva and then you work your way back to your butt so that's it <laughs> so you don't want to go from the butt to the to the vagina or to the vulva you want to go in reverse just like when you go to the restroom and then you i don't know i was talking about this with somebody because there's like a way that you clean your entire body like you clean your face first then you um clean your extremities then you clean your vagina and then you clean like your feet like nobody wants to clean your feet and then go back up so that's just kind of it's just the way that you do it so yeah, <laughs> man. So for the so, what do do we just put water on the vagina specifically because it's in there, like it's in. <laughs> you don't have to put anything, like not necessarily. You have to put anything in your vagina. Like if you feel like you need to, then yeah, you could take like your like your hands, like you know, put your fingers in there, kind of swish it, but. For the most part, you know, the vagina uses the discharge to clean itself to remove, mm -hmm. like, the bacteria or any type of debris that may have been inadvertently been inserted in there. But that's what the discharge is for. The actual cleaning part is, like, the outside, the vulva, where it gets all sweaty and, and you know, maybe that's where you have hair if you shave or don't shave, you know your business but <laughs> so you know you have the, the tissue that might get stuck in there that's the area that you really want to clean um i find just leaving the vagina alone works just well or just fine yes that's what a lot of experts say that it's a self-cleaning machine <laughs> the other thing is, is like i've been seeing people say oh you don't need soap at all like on your vulva and I was like, how? That I just don't agree with. <laughs> I don't think I can get down with that. I'm going to need some soap. They say, they say just use water. I said, okay, on what other part of my body can I just put some water on and say that it's clean? That just don't make sense to me. 
That ain't going to make sense to me because that's what I was hearing. I was like, just put water. I'm like, what the fuck? I don't think that I can do that. <laughs> I was telling my friend, I said, baby, if I ever could just use uh, water on my vulva, ain't nobody going to be able to talk to me. I'm like, uh-uh, I use water only. <laughs> Spring water. <laughs> Use the tears oh of angels God. on my vulva. Y'all cannot talk to me. <laughs> so real. Um, so I was gonna also ask um about what to do after sex. Cause I've heard like you need to pee after sex, like uh-huh. you need to take a whole shower, because you know, people be tired and want to just go to sleep. <laughs> um, like if I really had like so I say okay so the peeing part is not for your vagina it's for your um what's the thing called your re- urethra that's where the urine comes out of so if you're prone to having um yeast infections not yeast infections but UTIs they go ahead and pee afterwards most of the time you have to pee anyway um and then what I would do to cheat, like instead of taking an entire shower, it's like I would just have a bottle of water next to the uh, the toilet and I would just take that water and probably some soap and rinse off like that and then pat it dry and get back in bed. I mean, if you're already peeing, just take that extra 10 seconds to wash. And for some people that can just get away with, you know, taking a hot towel and wiping and, and nothing happens. So I think it just depends on the way that your body responds to it. Cause I don't think inherently like sex is so nasty that you need to immediately get up and go take a shower. So, but that's just me. Like, I don't normally say that cause you know, black folks in general, all about cleanliness and they're like, oh, you nasty. And if I'm supposed to be the, the yoni whisperer over here <laughs> and telling them that, but this, if, if I'm being real, that's how I, that's how I do it. Like I go pee. Have a little water bottle there, and I wash, and then I get back in bed. Right, right. Because what if it's like three a.m., two a.m.? Like you already got time. Anytime, anytime. <laughs> I'm trying to go to sleep. <laughs> I gotta be up in the morning. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, my my personal last question is um, about yoni egg and kegels mm-hmm. like what i know i just read about kegels actually um and it was saying the same thing you were saying how it could help with like the feeling um but why are people using yoni eggs um and how do you use it or should we use it because i'm scared <laughs> <laughs> don't have to be up there i'm scared it's not going to be afraid of yeah, first of all, I tell people all the time, honey, if you are scared, do not use them. So just leave them alone. But yeah, so this is my amethyst yoni eggs, and they come in different sizes. Let me see if I have any other size. Okay, so I have. So these are the, the main three that I have in the shop. So you have large here. Then here's a rose quartz one. That is, um, it's a little Can you shorter. Bring a little closer. I can't see. Okay. Oh, yeah. Let me see where my camera. Oh, there we go. So you have uh, rose. This is amethyst, and then this is rose quartz. 
And so this is the large one over here. It's a little fatter and longer. This one is skinnier and just a tad bit shorter. And then you have the, the, the small one. So you can see like a big difference here. It's about the same size as the round, but it's uh, smaller. And how you do it is you start from the top, the large size, and you work your way down to the bottom. And the reason why you start at the larger size is because if your um, vaginal muscles are weak, then it's going to be really hard for them to squeeze to catch this one. So, and then plus this one is you can feel it more and then it allows the muscles to grip and then you can do the contraction and the release type thing. So that's pretty much what a, a Kegel is, is helping you to contract the muscles and release them. And then some women have a hard time finding those muscles, but if you have this physical sensation in there, then you can connect that, that muscle with your brain so that you can control it. And then it also has, it has a, a drilled hole in there for you to put like a, a string, like kind of like a tampon, so that when you get ready, you can just pull it out. So this is just a pipe cleaner. So. Um, and as you get more skilled, you won't need the string anymore because you can just push it out by itself. So this is the way that it will go in the in your vagina. Like the fat part goes in first and the skinny part is at the bottom. And so um, the reason that you would use them is because it helps with the vaginal toning, like I said, which is more than just sex. Actually, like your your um, pelvis is like the bottom. If you uh, have that, so if you have, if you ever seen like the skeleton, the skeleton, the pelvis is like empty at the bottom, and the only thing that's keeping all your organs in there is the muscles. So if your muscles are weak, then everything starts to fall down, and they can become so weak where you have vaginal prolapse, and vaginal prolapse is like where your vagina is outside your body, which is pretty painful. And so your yoni egg can, can is like the exercise for your entire pelvic floor. So that means like you'll, when you do your, uh, your kegels, you'll probably feel it like in the back, like you're around your anus and stuff. And you also feel it in your vagina as well because all of those muscles are connected. It also prevents you from um, having urinary incontinence. Like if you sneeze or laugh and you tinkle on yourself, that happens and it can happen like after pregnancy too. Or it could just happen with age because you aren't taking care of those um, muscles, so CC muscles. And um, it helps with vaginal dryness because, again, your vagina is a muscle. And if you're not using it, then um, it kind of aphrodisiac, well, deteriorates. I never say that word right. <laughs> and so then you stop making, um, you stop making lubrication because you're just not using it. So this helps a lot and um i think that's mostly it off top of my head and it can help with pleasure because as you learn to control your vaginal muscles you know you're when you're having sex and you're being penetrated then he can feel it as well and i'm telling you baby that drive him crazy Maybe like squeeze it again squeeze it again with method. If your man take a long time, you better learn how to get your Kegel combination together right so, so you can make him finish. <laughs> and so, again, because the what you want is pressure, so the your muscles are like this, and 
as the muscles get bigger, then there's less space between the walls and that makes it tighter. And so when they, he's in there, you're getting more pressure, which leads to uh, more sensation, which can lead to um, like vaginal um, orgasms instead of just having um, clitoral orgasms. Like you can have an orgasm more than one way. That's amazing. Uh, and so I also had, oh no, 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 no. No, I just wanted to ask, are those, are yoni eggs safe to use during pregnancy? Um, no, like probably like the first trimester, but after then, because you don't want to like stimulate the uterus to start contracting. So I was oh, like, pretty no, much, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would pretty much stay away from yoni eggs until afterwards. <laughs> Just wonder, just just had to yeah, ask. So, and then a lot of people um, be trying to leave the yoni egg in for all day. Like your your <laughs> vagina is a muscle. It's just like if you were to leave your like, you know, have a weight in your hand all day, it would get really tired. So you only need to you use these like ten minutes a day, and then you know in the beginning until you increase your um, endurance. And I think I use mine a little bit too long, then. <laughs> Because <laughs> it just plopped out, didn't it? <laughs> no, actually, it be staying. It be staying. That's why I'm like, okay, I guess it's good. I guess it's good. Well, I don't know if your vagina, and like when your vagina gets tired, it, the egg can just fall out by itself. <laughs> oh, wow. That's never yeah, happened. Just oh, like, <laughs> so, yeah, but I say, like, don't do it like that. Yeah, don't do it like that every day, but do oh, it. No, 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 Yeah. I use it like twice a month, maybe. I probably should use it a lot more. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying five to ten minutes a day. You know, it, it makes it work, honey. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I find like people actually keep it in when they're having intercourse. Yeah, it? so like you could probably try. So it's this is not like that old, uh, you know, break your back type sex. This is supposed to be more like <laughs> sensual type oh, relationship. And so the what's happening is that. The penis is going to be in there. I'm trying to look at me trying to find props. The <laughs> penis is going to be in there. <laughs> and so at the same time, and so it's going to give you like more pressure on your walls, which would make, which will feel like pleasurable. And then because the head of the penis is really sensitive, he's getting like more uh, stimulation that way. And um, so it's really just something, so it's not like more of a in and out, it's more of a, a, a hip roll or something like that, if you were to use it. Mm. So they would have to be like, like on one accord with you and you would have to tell them, hey, look, we're trying something new tonight because you don't want to ram it in there and then, you know, <laughs> y'all both get hurt. <laughs> y'all in the ER. Y'all know um, doctors. <laughs> imagine trying to explain that story to your doc. I'm like, uh, yeah, we was trying something new, but I didn't tell him. <laughs> I was trying to surprise him. <laughs> right? So, yeah, that's got to be something you tell him about beforehand. And I know the other thing is ladies get scared that it can get lost or something. But because you're, it's really only one way inside your, your vagina. And then you have above your vagina, it's like the bottom of the uterus, the cervix. So it's already closed. And it really only opens, like, it opens a little bit, like, when you are menstruating. And then, of course, it opens really big for the baby. So any other time, you're, um, you can't go any further than just the back of the vagina. 
Wow. And if you get really scared, then it can stay in there because your your muscles are holding on to it really tight. But if you relax, then it'll just... That was me. <laughs> the first time, I was terrified. I was like, oh, no, it's stuck in there. It won't come out. What am I doing? But it came out, y'all. It came out. <laughs> you just relax a little bit. It comes out. <laughs> I, I I don't think I was relaxed. I was like trying to perform surgery to get the no, but <laughs> telling y'all my business. I was so scared though the first time. I really was, but like you said, in the when I do it now, you're relaxed. It just it does come out a lot easier. Sometimes I have to push, but yeah, sometimes it, you gotta push. But yeah, it's just like you lay in an egg pretty much. But like mm-hmm. when you learn to control that that movement inside the vagina, that's where it leads to, to more pleasure. And then again, you're keep making sure that your organs are what they need to be. Yes. Wow. And I also heard that it can help strengthen your pelvic muscles so that when you are um, in labor, that like far as the pushing process, it, it can be, a, your muscles could be a lot more strengthened. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you know how to work them. Like to, because mm-hmm. you know, maybe that was the first time that you ever had to use them in that way, and so yeah. So if you haven't, if they um for ladies who haven't done it, I would say give it a try. And even you can even do it just with the kegels, but like I said, the the motion and the and having that it's like a weight there, just like if you were to use a weight mm-hmm. while you were exercising, it gives you the same type of control and focus. Mm. Wow. My only thing I wanted to do is you to walk our soulmates through a Kegel exercise so we could all Kegel together. (laughs) Y'all are ready to Kegel? Okay. (laughs) Okay. So y'all already know how to Kegel? I have to tell y'all how to do it. Okay. I know how to do it. Okay. So first thing we're going to do is visualize. Visualization will help us. So think about um, like a marble inside, think about a marble like right at the vaginal opening and then you're trying to like suck the marble inside. That's kind of like the, the sucking up motion or like think about a straw, like you're trying to suck up something in a straw. That way you feel the lifting in the vagina. You got it, Tiffany? <laughs> Yeah, I think I accidentally be doing that on accident. Like, See, but you already know what you be doing. <laughs> I didn't know I knew. You've done Kegels so, before. You just probably didn't know. Yeah, and so then you want to kind of visualize. So now that the marble is inside the, the, the vagina, you want to think about closing the doors like an elevator. So instead of like a sucking up motion, it's kind of like you're squeezing in those doors to help them close. It's kind of, if when I do it, it kind of feels like it's collapsing a little bit. It feels like this. And then, because you should be feeling like all this pressure, well, make sure you, you're relaxing. So you squeeze and then kind of breathe out and you should feel like your vagina opening. So when you squeeze, it's like, <sighs> like that. And you can kind of feel like it relaxed and open. Because you don't want to just focus on your, um, the, the, the tightening part. Then next, you want to visualize the marble going up the elevator where it's going to meet the cervix. So you should feel like, like this little tension that goes all the way up. 
and then you can relax it from there. And that's pretty much the basic Kegel, y'all. And then I usually go through some butterfly Kegels where you kind of do them like really fast, like a real fast contraction and release. Yeah. yeah. And then I do some holding for like five seconds and then releasing. Then I work my way up to like 30 seconds doing that, but holding for 30 seconds and then relaxing for 30 seconds. Um, and then if you can, you could try and do your Kegel in reverse, like where it starts at the, at the back of the vagina and then it goes to the front of the vagina. That was a little bit more hard though. You advanced. <laughs> I'm like, that's new. That's, that's new. Right. So, ladies, while y'all over here trying to get high girl summer, y'all know we're doing the squat rotations. We got to do our Kegel rotations, too. Yes. <laughs> right? But if you use the yoni egg, then you can do that other one because, again, your yoni egg is in the back, and now you need to push down. So, it's kind of like that. Mm -hmm. Or then, like, you can just squeeze and then squeeze. And then, but, yeah, once you get a little rotation and then you able to couple that with your, with your intercourse, honey, you're going to be a beast. <laughs> oh gosh. I need to be a beast once I start back up. <laughs> once I find someone worthy, okay? How you gonna get these kills? <laughs> Anyways, thank you so much because wow. I obviously the girls already knew how to do their kegels, but I ain't know. So thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> you already knew what you was doing. You just didn't know the word. <laughs> That's yeah. all we did. Right. Oh my gosh. Okay, y'all. Well, so, oh no, go ahead. Oh, I wanted them to know. I wanted her to go ahead and shout out um how they could get her products before we get into our affirmations. In case they trying to leave before the <laughs> y'all ain't leaving. Y'all don't know where y'all gonna find these products from. Yes. So you can find me one on social media through like Facebook and Instagram at Essentially True. And then if you want to order from me, then my website is essentially uh, hyphen true.com. And, um, you know, pop in my DMs. I help women every day. So if you don't know what you're doing or where to start, then I'm more than happy to answer questions as well. Awesome. Thank you. So Thank you. Y'all are welcome. Thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> so much fun. Okay, but before we leave, what time is it, y'all? It's affirmation time. It's affirmation time. It's affirmation time. So if this is your first time tuning in on the Soul Feeling Podcast, we always, 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 always end our podcast with a positive affirmation. If you do not know what a positive affirmation is, it is a statement that is transforming your life. Either you're transforming your life for the good or you're transforming your life for the not so good. Um, even in the Bible, it states, let the weak say, I am strong. So you literally have to say this out loud, y'all. So um, it says, let the weak say, I am strong. So on those days when you're not feeling weak and you're feeling sick and tired or down and out or whatever the case may be, don't speak those things over your life. Instead, speak uplifting things, speak positive things. Even if you don't believe those things just yet, keep on speaking them and watch how your life will transform. So it's four of us today. And I'm affirming that there are millions, billions, trillions of y'all out there tuned in. And we're going to go ahead and end our, our show off with our positive affirmation. So who wants to go first? I can go. <clears throat> okay. 
I am divinely connected with my yoni and we together are producing abundance. Ooh, I'm gonna steal that. I support that. <laughs> um, I'll go. Every cell in my body is vibrating at perfect health. That one. <laughs> I love my yoni. It is sacred and divine. I love Boy, that. I want to come through. <laughs> <laughs> am helping millions of women to love and care for their yoni on a physical, mental, and spiritual level. I love it. I love that. Let them know where they can find you one more time. Y'all, I can be found on Facebook and Instagram at Essentially True. And if you want to check out my product line, then you can find me online at essentially-true.com. Support this woman-owned, black-owned, good energy-owned business. Yes. (laughs) All right. And you know where to find us. Soul Feeling Podcast everywhere. S-O-U-L space F-I-L-L-I-N-G. We're on Spotify. We're on Google Play. We're on SoundCloud. And we're on Apple Podcasts. And if you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please give us a five-star rating and write something soulful and sweet. Guys, when y'all do this, we go up in the rankings and more people could get their soul fed. So please do that for us. And one more thing, we got a Patreon and we need y'all to donate. (laughs) You're better at telling them why. (laughs) Yes, guys, if you honestly just feel like we touched your heart or you feel like some gems was being dropped in your life or your life was changed, just go ahead and reach someone and, you know, support us and we'll, so that we can continue to flourish and spread the world word out. So, so a seed, y'all, and watch it come back in abundance. Absolutely. All right, guys, we love you so much. Bye. Until next time, soulmates. Bye. <laughs>